Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. Well, uh, at our study last Wednesday night, someone told me as we were talking, uh, I feel like I know you more now than I did before <laughs> after listening to your podcast. Yeah. And I was like, huh, well, that must mean we're doing something right. Yeah. Well, and I also think it, it, it probably speaks to just how, I don't want to say like shallow, but just how you can talk to somebody quite a bit and not get to like deep stuff. Yeah. Very easily if you don't want to. Like our normal conversating does allow for like the ability to keep people at bay. And right. so I think like our conversations where we're just like, let's get right into like real stuff. I think it, it does like it lets people see really what's going on a lot better than probably your your everyday conversation might. Yeah. And I think the the scripture that we're going to talk about today is very timely with just the things that you and I talked about before we hit record yeah (laughs) the life stuff and I told you that the last 24 hours have been a lot of you can't make this stuff up (laughs) type of stories and uh, I've been chasing a raccoon now for two (laughs) days and uh, he's been beating me Um, but He's currently in my shop right now. Just so, taking a nap, just uh, enjoying it. So when this is over, <laughs> I hope to put an end to that story. But well, I hope you do too. Well, and I told you too, I was a little late this morning because I, I was just about to leave. I had my keys in my hand and one of my dogs went over by the door and I had already let her out. So I was like yelling at her like, you've already been out going. She's kind of like looked up at me and it was this look of like, you're going to want to let me out. (laughs) And so I let her out and she immediately threw up twice. And so I was like, well, I actually appreciate that. Like, have you ever had it where like you've yelled at a dog and then you're like, actually, no, I appreciate that. Thank you very much for that. So we'll see. I think she got it all out of her system, but I guess I'll, I'll find out when I get back home. Yeah. Well, and that's yesterday morning. I guess I kind of had the same thing with my kids. So I'm going to go on a lot of tangents today, but that's all right. Yeah. So we, my oldest son has been doing chores for a neighbor and we found a sick cat at this farm. So we brought the cat home and Timothy is like, so conflicted, like, dad, are we stealing a cat? (laughs) We actually put a cat in a bag (laughs) and brought it home. Because it felt like the right thing to do. I'm like, I'm going to let the owner know right away that we took this cat and we brought it home to nurse it along. Well, we brought the cat home and the thing like bolted. I'm like, well, that didn't really go so well. Like maybe I should have thought this through a little more. So we've had, we've sighted that cat like twice in the past 48 hours now. Okay. So it's still here. It's still here, but we haven't been able to like tend to it the way we were hoping to. But yesterday morning, our dog started barking like crazy, and my son Silas is like, there's a raccoon outside, and I went over and peeked, and I was like, Silas, that's that cat. <laughs> and then I went out and like got some cat food and stuff for it, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, that is a raccoon. So the first thing I did is went in the house and apologized to Silas for making him feel stupid. Oh, sure. And then I ended up going on a very Caddyshack-esque chase <laughs> with this raccoon. It's humbling. Hey, we, we kind of talked about that on Sunday too, about yeah. just like humbling ourselves. And that's life has a life has a way of doing that. At least to me, every time I feel like I'm kind of like, hey, I'm, I've got things figured out. Life puts me in a situation where I feel so dumb. Ooh, can I tell a story where I felt really dumb this past Friday? Sure. So Les and I went to the movies, which we never do because so like you watched multiple movies. No, we went to the movie theater. <laughs> Why do we call it? That? I don't want to get off on too many tangents. But so we're so we're we're in there. We're watching the movie, and like I'm the people at the church know I'm very open. I have a terrible sense of direction. I don't know. Like I think my brain 
just doesn't map things. Like I'm, I'm realizing normal people as they like drive somewhere or walk somewhere, their brain kind of creates a map that they can use. And I just don't think mine does. I think I just didn't get that part. So every time I go to go somewhere, even if like I'm, I'm retracing my steps, I have no idea I'm figuring out. And so I'm like, all right, I, uh, I have to, I have to go to the bathroom <laughs> And so I'm like, I gotta, I, I'm gonna go and it's obviously dark. And so I walk down there and I see a door and I'm like, this must be it. And I open it and we went to like a three o'clock showing and like the sun was so bright in my face and it just lit up the entire movie theater. And I was like, oh, I feel so stupid right now. And it was a very humbling moment because it's just like, I think we all have these weaknesses that normally we can mask, but every once in a while, they they really like put us yeah. on display and so it was just les made fun of me so bad and she was like i was like were people mad and she's like no they were all just like she's like i heard from behind me somebody go oh no <laughs> so i was like well at least they weren't mad but i do like it was a very humbling like because yeah. you just feel so dumb you're like oh man and when you think about it you're like how i should like that was a easy thing to like not do but it just happened. So that was my humbling moment. So I think we each had in the past few days some uh, some humbling life moments. Well, that's what, not to keep having story sharing, but we're having calves on our farm right mm-hmm. now. So we just started, our first calf was born last Friday. Mm-hmm. And um, not to go too far into the weeds with this, but like uh, farmers who do who farm the way I do, one term that we use often is calving in sync with nature. So we look at like when the deer are having their babies and we're like, there's lots of reasons for that, that we don't even understand. So that's what we're going to aim for with our herd. Mm -hmm. And the the biggest reason is, is if you calve in May, you should be calving in nice weather. Sure. (laughs) And it's just been, it's been a challenge because we're constantly keeping an eye out there watching for these calves because they're dropping in mud and they can like literally like be encapsulated by mud. So we're doing everything we can to keep them going so far. We haven't lost any, they're all healthy. Um, but yesterday morning, so it started out with the raccoon and then I had to go and wrestle calves in the mud. And I came back just caked full of mud exhausted and we haven't even been to church yet yeah (laughs) and there was something in me that was like i'm i know i'm super ornery right now but at the same time i love this yeah i'm like i want to do anything different yeah and to me i was thankful for that moment because it was it was totally a perspective thing like the alternative is i could not do this but then i'd be miserable because i feel like this is what i was made to do exactly I just had this conversation with Les the other day because I think we're we're both like people who are pretty hard on ourselves and expect a lot. And it, we something had happened where it was like things didn't go the way we quite wanted them on something. And it wasn't even something big. And we were like, okay, so next time we'll do this, we'll do that. And then finally we were both just like, sometimes like sometimes that just happens and it's not like we got to fix it. We got to like change and read Like sometimes life is just like, well, that wasn't very fun, and it doesn't mean that anything's wrong. It didn't mean mm-hmm. that like you got to change something or completely redo your whole life routine because of it. Like sometimes it is just like, ah, oh, that wasn't very fun. I didn't like the way that that went, but that is just life sometimes, and you have to just be okay with it, you right. know. And I, so I think that's a really good lead into what we talked about in church yesterday. Yeah, and I love the scripture and I hadn't really thought about that for a while, but it couldn't have been more timely. Um, in Ecclesiastes chapter one, actually, I, I mean, if you read, so you read verses nine and 10, right. I'd encourage people to read the whole chapter. I mean, the stuff leading up to that, it's all has to do with what we're talking about right now. But in verse nine, it says, what has been is what will be in what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Yep. And we tend to look at our challenges or the circumstances that we find ourselves in right now and be dismayed by it. Yep. And if you look back 
whether you're looking at your own history, mm-hmm. stuff like that has happened before that you've pulled through. Yep. And if you look at the history of humankind, yep. people have gone through worse stuff yep. and pulled through. Yep. And so I just think this is a really good reminder of there's nothing new under the sun. No, and it, and and the I think there's just there's a piece in that the fact that it's cyclical. Like that's what it's so funny because like so many people are like Ecclesiastes is the most depressing book of the Bible. I love it. Mm-hmm. I I read it so much because I think I think it is so especially with what we've been talking about about just where our our nation is at and, and the average person that that we see what they're wrestling with i think ecclesiastes is like so timely for just wrestling with the meaning and what has value and and things like that but i think it's like when when things are rough we tend to just get stuck in like this is going to last forever and it's like no it won't like when when winter's hard like it might feel like it's going to last forever but you know it won't because that's not how the world works. Things go in cycles. And it's not just that things will change, but like they'll change in cycles to where it's like if if things are terrible right now, like if it's cold right now, eventually it's going to change to like be warm. Like it's not just going to keep getting colder. That's not how the seasons work. And if you're in a really rough season right now, like there things are going to get better. Like, and if you're in an amazing season, you're going to face more challenges in the future. That's the way that life works. You don't just stay on the mountaintop and you don't just stay in the valley. There's a cycle. And so I think it's just, even for me, it's like so much of it is just accepting that. Like, I just think in our head, we we think that we can stop the, the cycles of the seasons. And it's like, no one's strong enough to stop that. So like, just accepting and seeing the beauty. That's the other verse in Ecclesiastes that I think is so powerful if we really understand it is that everything is beautiful in its time. Like right. every season has beauty in it. And I think even just finding the beauty in the fact that life, you don't just get to live life one way. Like it will change and there's going to be seasons. And I think for me, it's just accepting that and just letting go of that, uh, that lie of like, if I'm just strong enough, I can halt the seasons from changing and just set up this one life that just is the same, you know, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Verse 10 says, can one say about anything? Look at this. Look, this is new. It has already existed in the ages before us. And so it's like, it, it really, I really like history. Yep. Um, and I'm well aware that, um, throughout history, there's, there's good things and bad things. There's negative things and positive things. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, you could even talk about like how we're taught history and how that, um, sees things one way or omits little key details. History is written by the victors. Yeah. 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 But, um, so history is really interesting. You know, I, I thought at, as you were, this is sort of just a, a little bit of an aside, but so you've worked a little bit with my oldest son, Timothy, mm-hmm. and he's trying to learn. He's kind of teaching himself how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're working with him to yeah. polish that a little bit. Yeah. And with very little guidance, he has kind of created his own, you know, if you listen to any musician, mm-hmm. you could guess, if you know anything about music at all, you could guess who their inspirations were. Absolutely, yeah. And it's kind of fun to do that sometimes. Like, pick a musician who you enjoy. Yep. And you could, and maybe pick five people who, through, you know, who came before them who probably uh, inspired their style. And yeah. he's kind of in that place right now. Like, he has certain musicians and styles that he likes he does not like anything new he (laughs) he doesn't like any like he despises new country music he thinks like the old school stuff is kind of cool yeah but like um anyway so that's an example so yesterday we were talking about like some of the historically 
highly regarded guitarist of all sure. time. Yeah. And he was like, I, I wish rock would make a comeback. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, I mean like real rock, like not, yep. not fake stuff. And he's like, we, that's like what we talked about in church today. I'm like, wait, when did we talk about rock music in no, church? No, but today? he got the, cause I, that was, what's funny is that was actually one of the examples I was going to give, but I was running out of time. And so I'll do that where like, I'll just be like, I don't need to give this example. Yeah. I need to, I need it. But it, music is one of those things that shows like, like right now folk is like the biggest thing like i and maybe now we're on the tail end of that but i remember like even i don't even know how long ago but like mumford and sons was like the biggest band in the world and it was like that's straight up like the most old school folky music possible like the drummer literally just hits a bass drum (laughs) like that's it but it's like the music is cyclical yeah. and there's always new little variations. It's never exactly the same, but the, yeah. the core of it is. And we just see it. I mean, and it's funny because I think every, you know, every generation as they're coming into their late teens, like feels that rebellion and it feels like we're going to be the first generation. Yeah. It's like. Man, you realize the song Twist and Shout was like the rebellious song yeah. for like, like that's been happening throughout generations is that's just how, how it goes. And it doesn't take away the beauty of it. It's not like I want people to not, you know, enter into those things, but it is just understanding like there is nothing new. That That's actually to stay on the music analogy. So we, there's this, uh, so I'm a huge folk and bluegrass fan and uh there's a playlist on spotify called um it's either folk covers or bluegrass covers and they just take well-known songs Mm -hmm. of all genres like enter sandman is one of them and they play it in bluegrass that's awesome and uh so we were going through that and we were kind of playing name that tune and then we started talking about how like how many people of like the young the current young generation will have there's numerous songs that they enjoy Mm -hmm. that they have no idea that someone else wrote that like 30 years ago absolutely that happened when i was younger and i don't remember what song it was but like i there were songs i was like this is a great song and i didn't even realize it was a cover from like the 60s because you just don't have any any reference to it it's funny that i would we were we quick threw away just the idea that that history was written by the victors, but yeah. I think that's really like an important thing to talk on because I think like what I, what I tried to talk through in my message is like okay there's there's an overall like this is what we can learn from history in general, but then there's like there's there's a special lesson that we get from the history of God's people like it's it's different and I think one of the things is that is like for most of history it is written as very flattering to like the people who wrote it so like hey we won this war so we get to tell what happened and it's very flattering to us it's very unflattering to the people who we beat God's history is totally different when you read through the history of the Israelites it's like it was written by them And it is like, it makes them look terrible throughout the whole thing. Like it is the most honest history I've ever seen. I mean, even somebody like David, like you'd think about it. This was written by the Israelites. This was their most famous king. This was like the king who like really put them on the map. And yet they lay out all of his sins, all of the ways he fell short, all of it. Like that is very strange for a history text to do that the only the only uh analogy i can think of to that is the chicago cubs <laughs> they have totally embraced being the lovable losers yes. for generations well but again it's it's like they they but they're not the victors like you know right. what I mean? their, like, their history as they tell it is predicated on losing Mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I know. Well, and it's just so, like I said, it's, it's, it's so honest of even just, you know, when they, you know, when they went into captivity and stuff like that, and then they finally got out of captivity and they're writing the story, you would think it would be like, all right, we're vil- vil- vilifying the, you know, the Babylonians or whatever. But instead they were like, no, we literally forgot God. We 
forsook him. He had told us that if we did that, this is what would happen. He he followed through on his promise. And I, I think there's just such value to a history that's told and like truly been like, here's just what happened. We're not we're not trying to skew anything to make ourselves look good. Um, like I said, there's there's a there's something really powerful in that, and I really appreciate that because how easy would it have been when they were telling the story of David to just leave out the part about Bathsheba yeah. and Uriah? That's that would have been super easy to just leave out. Yeah, because everything else was amazing. So why not just create that narrative that David was just, you know, he just was the guy and he didn't do anything wrong. Yet they kept that in there. We have their entire history book or library of history lessons at our disposal. And for almost everything that like ails our society right now, you can look back And be like, here we go again. We're doing it again. What is it about us? We keep. Yeah. We have the story. We saw how it ended up, but we're doing it again. Yes, and that's I like when we get to um, the poetic books because that's coming up. But there's there's a psalm, and I can't remember off the top of my head what chapter it is. But it's literally David saying that, like, here's the pattern. Here we go again. When yeah. will God's people stop doing that? And I read it, and I was like, this is still us. Like. Yeah. I could say the exact same thing about Christians right now. Like, when are we going to stop this cycle that we're on? And that's why, you know, the main point that I hope people got is like, the truth is in the patterns. There's a reason why we have such a big book that continues to repeat itself over and over again. It's so that, you know, you, you can still misunderstand scripture and I'm sure there's plenty of scripture that I don't have a full understanding of that I I don't I don't have right but when I read through scripture it's like there are clear patterns that I can be confident of like okay this is probably what God wants us to see because you see it happen again and again and again and again and then those scriptures that seem to be like I don't see this anywhere else in scripture it's like those are the ones we have to wrestle with a little bit more to try to understand where those fit and how those fit. But when you read through the history, you just see over and over the same thing happening, the same lessons. And that's where it's like, man, if we could start learning from these lessons, start identifying these patterns in our life of like, okay, when I'm reading scripture and I go, okay, here we go again. Okay. How do I, identify that in my life because chances are if all of God's people have struggled with this pattern for all of history I probably struggle with it too and I I need to like see it and find it in my life yeah that's what I was gonna say is I think as we read the Bible and so our and we read the stories of the Israelites or it doesn't matter any part of the Bible we take this story that kind of embodied a larger group of people and figure out what it means for us as individuals and internalize it. And so that the whole thing about patterns, I think is super important as we try to grow closer to the Lord and, you know, maybe, uh, have some build on some spiritual disciplines in our life, like understanding how predisposed we are to patterns, I think is really important because uh, you could name anything on a list of things that distract us or things that we become addicted to or things that become bad habits or anything like that. And we could easily trick ourselves into believing that we have like, we've overcome this thing or I'm going to, I'm going to just say no or mm-hmm. I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to have the strength to do it. No, you're not. Yep. It Because we are all predisposed to these patterns. So we have to like know what those patterns are in our own life and then just safeguard ourselves from yes. that. Well, and that's the other great benefit to knowing these patterns is you know where they start. So you can catch them early because you understand like I don't need to wait until – my life is falling apart or like for the Israelites, we don't need to wait until we're in captivity to realize this. We can understand 
like the pattern to where we we really know where it starts and so we can start identifying uh oh like i know what the next part of this is so i'm going to catch it at the beginning when it is much easier to correct and when there's much less consequences that i have to deal with cuz i'm catching it early and that's just anything in life is the earlier you catch a problem the easier it is to deal with. And that's the other benefit to knowing prob- knowing patterns. Yeah. You catch it early. Yeah. And I, so just an example, I think even in the last episode, I mentioned how I'm really trying to um, take social media off any kind of pedestal in my own life. It's a personal conviction of mine. So I just took it off my phone, which I didn't even miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, I... It's like only a problem if it's there. If it isn't there, I don't yep. miss it. And so I, I wanted to, I have to somehow keep up the, our farm Facebook page because that's yeah. how I connect with people when, when we make sales. Yep. So yesterday I redownloaded Facebook on my phone to, or Instagram, I think, to uh, post it. Mm-hmm. And then it was still on my phone yesterday afternoon. And I was like, I, I notice it on there and I'm like, I know my own pattern. If this is here, I'm yep. going to, without even thinking about it, yep. sit down on the couch and start scrolling through that. Yep. And that's exactly what I'm trying to avoid personally, because I end up wasting way too much time. And Absolutely. there's just other things that I can do that are a better use of my time. So I'm like gone, yep. took it off my phone right away. Absolutely. And I just use that example because I just know I can't trust myself with that there because I know the pattern. Absolutely. And I think that we can do that in any sort of area of our life. And that's where it's it, it's it's a skill that, that we you can practice. I mean, that's what we talk a lot about, like self-awareness, like in the world right now, that that's like one of those huge skills that as they figure out people who like have happiness in their life and are able to establish a life that they really enjoy one of those factors that they find consistently in those people is self-awareness the ability to just understand where they're at emotionally where they are weak and things like that and that's a practice and I think that reading the historical books of the bible helps us to develop that skill because you should be if you're reading it correctly you should be going what's the pattern of behavior and, and like, how do I find a pattern similar to that in my life? And it's forcing you to, to build that skill of being aware of your behavior and not just like, well, that's who I am. That's what I do, whatever. No. Why are you doing that? What are the consequences? Are you happy with those consequences? Like, is there a way to get out of that pattern so that you're not constantly sabotaging yourself in your life? And I think that there's just such an, and the Bible tells us to read it that way. I mean, that's what, uh, it was First Corinthians where it's like, the, these things were written so that you will know what not to chase, what to not set your heart on. I mean, that's why we have those things. Yeah, and I think, again, like we talked about last time, that to be able to read that way, it doesn't just happen naturally. Like, it is something that has to be... Um, cultivated within us um and one really good way to do that is to just hang out with someone who has figured that out i think that's probably how i've learned the most in my life is just reading the word with someone else who is really good at reading the word and and then it just rubbed off on me yes um but probably the the most important thing is to learn how to tap into the Holy Spirit and yes. let him do it for you. Yep. And I know there's lots of different versions of this verse and I can't even give the address of it, but it refers to the Holy Spirit as the umpire of our heart. Mm-hmm. Um have you heard that one? It, um, it, there's like several different variations of that one scripture but it's basically like survey us find what needs to be changed Mm -hmm. because we can't find it ourselves yes you're basically telling god like look through me and find the garbage yes yeah find the places that need to be fixed yep and because we just can't do it yes 
Well, and shine a light. I mean, that's literally what the word of God does. It shines a light on all of the things that aren't where we need them to be. And that's why the Bible says people hated the light because they love their darkness. That's what should be different about Christians is we don't hate the darkness. We right. love the light. And we because we understand that we're not going to be left to just deal with this stuff on our own, it's like, go ahead, like shine a light on it. Show all my garbage so that way um, I can give it over to you and you can help me walk through this. Um, but it, it's kind of like, I'm trying to think of a, a good analogy here. Um, it's kind of like, so I just saw this video the other day of like uh, a steam cleaner. I don't know if you've ever seen someone use a steam cleaner, mm -hmm. but it's incredibly satisfying when you just like see them like, yeah. and it's like something kind of looks clean and then you see them hit it and it's like all of the extra stuff and how it's like just pristine after that. And it's kind of like if, if you, if you didn't have something like that and you were just like, I'm, I'm tired. It's like, you don't want there to be a light illuminating what's dirty in your house. You're like, no, just leave me alone. I want to ignore it. But like, if you had that, you'd be like, let me see it all. Like, let show me more yeah. places. Cause it's like exciting. I have what I need to kind of take care of it. And I feel like that should be like life as Christians is like, yeah, show me all that areas. Cause like, I know that I have the help I need to deal with it. Right. So, so show it to me. I want to find it. I'm kind of excited to find all the, all the junk that, I actually have what I need to take care of in my life, you know? That's a really good point. And I think one of the reasons why we're surrounded by so many people who just don't have joy, don't have hope, you know, anxiety, yeah. uh, depression, all of that. Not, I'm not making light of any of that, but I think it's because it's largely gone I think one of the reasons why it's largely gone unaddressed is because people feel ill-equipped to address it. Like they don't yeah. even know where to start. So it's easier to just leave the lights off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's no, I, I just think we've done a disservice as the church. Like we really should be teaching people. Like if you have Jesus, like buckle up. Cause your life is about to get amazing. You're going to, you're going to be able to be someone you never thought you were possible. You're going to be transformed. Um, like instead it's like, okay, you're a Christian. So, all right, stop swearing. Don't do bad things. Try not to mess up. Come to church on Sundays. That's all like, don't, 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 yeah. don't. And so it's like that, those are fear based, like anxious based things versus like do do and go, basically go, what it sounds know. like to someone is wait you're taking away the only tools i have for figuring out how to deal with this yes and it's all like again it's just a totally different mindset to don't do that don't do that don't do that don't do that mm -hmm. versus like go go do do like there is a different way your brain works on those two things and if you look at jesus teaching Yes, he does correct to say like, hey, this isn't where you should be, but he's always directing to something else. It's not like, because I mean, and I'm sure you've heard this example before, but if I were to say, don't think about an elephant right now, like that's like, that's first all thing, you're going to, that's the elephant. first thing. But if I said, think about a raccoon, you're probably not going to think about an elephant. Because right. your, your brain has something else to go for. And I just think that that was Jesus' whole approach is like call people to more. Go do. Go be. Be changed. And those those don'ts will be taken care of. It's like it's not like don't go right. It's like no, go left. Let me give you somewhere to go. And by going left, you're not going to go right and I think it's just we we have unfortunately spoken way more don'ts than we have do's, and and that's just that's gonna give people a fear based mindset of I just gotta make sure I don't do the bad thing, versus I want to go do impossible things because that I, that's available to me. That's not an anxiety depressed mindset to be like I want to go do something. I want to go really be something versus I just got to make sure I don't mess up anymore because I can't do that, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think I like that because I, like I said, um, people who 
you know, the people I just described who are kind of suffering through all this stuff and just don't know what to do about it. Um, while we can see from the outside that the tools that they're using to try to do something about it are only perpetuating the problem. Taking those away is not going to be, it's not going to help them at first. You have to give them the other tools first. If you see your neighbor mowing the lawn, a two acre lawn with one of those old school push mowers with the, you know, Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't even describe Yeah. 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 Like, the way to improve their situation is not to go take that away from them and say there's better stuff yep. out there. It would be to take them a, a different gas-powered lawnmower and be like, hey, try this. Yep. And then two weeks later, you'll see that other thing on Marketplace. Right. Yep. <laughs> and, and they'll just give it up on their own. And I think that's where we do tend to focus on all the things that they need to eliminate without focusing just on, you know, try Jesus, try this. And then those things will take care of themselves. Absolutely. We've gotten that backwards a lot. Well, and I even, cause for me, it's like, I've, I've struggled with like eating and health and things like that. And that's a big problem for the majority of our country right now. And we have a very, I would say the, the culture around health, is actually very similar to the church culture, which is just like, don't eat bad food. Stop eating donuts. And it's like, okay, well, now it's just sheer willpower of right. I want it. And, and and what they have found is like, that does not work. That has never worked. But what I've experienced in my life and what they're finding is that the, the, the best way to do it is to not even be like, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, but to instead be like, all right, every day I'm going to eat this many grams of like really good protein and I'm going to eat this much green vegetables and then after that, I can do whatever I want. But the weird thing is like if you eat two huge chicken breasts and like a big salad, it's really hard to like go and eat 2000 calories of cake after that because like you're full like your body gives you the signal that's like hey like i i'm pretty full right now and it has to taste good or it's never gonna work exactly every once in a while you'll find some odd person who doesn't you know isn't like everyone else who will just be able to put themselves through misery eating cardboard and it works for them but that works for very few people yep and and i think you know, if you read in scripture, it talks about seasoning things with grace. Yes. Um, it has to taste good. Yep. And so like taking stuff away from people or this old, like stuffy, like you need to have willpower and like, I, there's a place for self-control. Yes. Obviously. Yes. But to just like camp out on that and, and push that before any of the other, before anyone's been equipped with any of the other tools, it's not yes. going to work right. Well, and it's just so different. Like again, cause it, I just think that there's a lot of correlation and that is a great verse that you brought with seasoning with grace. Cause you're right. It's like, I've, I've tasted chicken breasts that were made really good. And I'm like, this is amazing. And then I've also had the blandest, like, man, this is like cauliflower and sadness right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, that is, that is really huge. But I also think like the, the mindset of like, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying how I know I have felt with in, in this space before, but if you're going like, okay, if we're talking about donuts, if you're going like, all right, you, you know, you piece of garbage, you're so unhealthy. You can't eat donuts because you're so terrible right now. Like, or like, Hey, like I've, I've, I've eaten some really good food. I went and went for like a walk. I like, I feel like I'm making some progress. My body, like, I, I, I don't think I should eat that. Cause I think that'll be going backwards. And I really feel like I'm, I'm moving forward. Those are two very different ways to not eat a donut. Right. And again, this is not, if you're listening, this is not a weight loss like podcast. <laughs> it's just my brain works in analogies. Well, we're it's talking like, about know. patterns Yes, and I think the, so we've focused a little more on the, you know, like bad behavior side of patterns, Mm -hmm. but the other 
thing about patterns is, and, and this is also very clear in scripture, is there's patterns to how God works. And I know that you have alluded to that, but like, that's like the encouraging thing to all of this. Like, look at how many times people were, they did everything they shouldn't have done. Yep. They couldn't have been less deserving yep. of God's grace, but they got it anyway. Over and over. The book of Jonah, I, I still, I'm, I'm reading through it right now in just my normal daily Bible reading. And that book gives me so much hope because it's like, as much as I want to look in the Bible and be like, yeah, I'm like David. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like Jonah. I see myself in him so much. And to see just the terrible attitude that he had over and over again, his rebellion, and yet somehow God continued to use him, Mm -hmm. continued to give him a way back, continued to talk to him and explain things to him. Even though I was like, man, if I was God, I'd be like, I'm done with you. I can't, I'm not explaining anymore to you. You're not even listening. It gives me so much hope because you see the pattern of who God is in scripture, the length of his patience, his ability to continue to like make ways for people back to him over and over and over again. It's, it's amazing. And that's like you said, that's the hope in there is you see the pattern of how God works, who he is. Um, And that's another thing that you can say, okay, Number one, how have I seen this already in my life? Like where I've seen God be this in my life, but also is there a way right now in my life where I need him to be like that, where I can truly have confidence and hope that that's exactly who he's going to be. Right. I think the last thought I had that I just wanted to mention is when you were, you you know, you were talking about food and, and we could use that for any, thing that we struggle with or anything that gets in the way of God in life. So we ask the spirit to, you know, show us the areas inside of us that need, we we ask him to basically illuminate those dark hidden things that just need to be gotten rid of. Um, But the other thing that we can ask the spirit to do is see things for what they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helps too. So like, going back to that donut like Mm -hmm. it's not there'll be a day that i eat a donut again so don't get me wrong (laughs) right but so we're not trying to like villainize donuts but it's a good example because like if that is something that you really struggle with and it is a major weakness of yours the one thing that god can do is show you what show you that donut for what it is it is not nourishing you nope it is not doing you any favors. And you could put anything in life in the place of that donut. Anything. So for me, I'll go back to the social media thing. And that's exactly how I looked at it. It was like, this is doing me no favors. Yep. I am investing way more energy into something that is doing nothing for me. Yep. Like, this is all benefiting from me. Yep. I'm not benefiting anything from it. Yep. So it's leaving. Yep. Absolutely. And it is. And, and you will, when you see it, like it, it really does help. Cause that's what, again, not to get too much on a tangent, but that was one of the things that helped me is I just didn't understand what food was. Right. I didn't understand like protein versus fat versus carbohydrates. Versus, so you have to like, start learning what you need. Yeah. And then you see it and you're like, Oh, so this donuts, it literally like just pretty much like a sugar bomb. And so it's like, okay, I understand. If I eat this, my it's going to taste good. I'm going to have a, a huge spike of like, you know, insulin. I'm going to have this high. I'm going to feel worse on the other end. I'm probably going to be really inflamed because too much simple sugar like mm-hmm. that does that. Um, so now I, I can see that donut. And like you said, I still have it sometimes, but I have it understanding like, okay, this is what it is. But the temptation is way less once you understand not just the donut, but just food in general. You just Mm -hmm. understand the needs that you truly have, what makes your body work, what long-term makes you feel great. And, And when you have that, it just gives you the ability. It's way easier to say no to things when it's been revealed to you what it really is but again you have to learn it and that's what for me it was like I had to learn what food even was and like you said the Holy Spirit helps us with that 
It helps us see through the sin to like what it really is. If there's sin in our life, it's like you don't just see that, oh, what it's going to taste like or what it's going to feel like in that first 10 minutes afterwards. You start to see the reality of what this is, what it does to your soul, like what the end result is. And that is that gives you so much more tools to, to make decisions when you know those things. And just think of how long it has taken you to pick up on some of that stuff. Yeah, it was like how much of that stuff has someone sat you down and talked to you? And even if they did, would you have soaked it in? No. And I think of that all the time. Like there's, th- I can, I could make a list of the things in my life that I've struggled with that I do not want my kids to struggle with. Yep. But the reality is, is they might have to. I've talked to them about it, but I, I don't think it's possible to really take it to heart unless you struggle through it or experience it on your own. Well, and it actually goes, cause you're 100% right. And it goes back to what we were talking about before. For me, I would not have cared. I would not have listened. I'm sure there's people who tried to explain it. I'm sure my parents tried to explain food to me. What happened was I started doing CrossFit and I wasn't getting any stronger and I was always hungry And finally, I had a coach that was like, you have to eat better. You're not going to get better at this. It wasn't until there was something I was going after that I realized like this was holding me back and I have to get this figured out if I want to continue to move towards this thing that I'm chasing. And it just goes back to like, as a Christian, you have to be going after something. You have to be like, feel like you are sent towards something right? because that is what, otherwise it's like, well, you should eat better. It's like, well, I don't really care. But if it's like, oh, there's this thing I'm passionate about that I'm chasing and I, I got to get this figured out because if I'm not giving my body what it needs, I will not progress the way I need to. That switched my brain to where it's like, okay, I'm all in. I got to get this figured out. And I think that that's true in our walk with God. Like if you don't feel like you're going after something, if you don't feel like like Jesus' disciples sent, go, be, then why would you, what's the motivation to really figure out sin and what it really is and what it really does to you when you're not chasing something that that sin is preventing you from really achieving? It's like you need to have that for any of this to really hit you. And, and that's and, that's why I really hope that someday I get to be an old man in the church Yeah. because I feel like a lot of this stuff you can really the best way to learn it is to experience it. Not that's not to make to uh, minimize the importance of having the older generations interact with the younger generations somehow. Like I think there's a huge opportunity there yeah. to help. Like anytime you can take your experience and help someone avoid having to learn that the hard way. Yep. And so, but I, I think there is a major component of like the people who have lived more life, um, have an advantage because they've figured some of this stuff out because it just takes a long time to figure it out. Absolutely. There, there is no, there's no, uh, substitute for experience. Like you can learn from, from reading things and you should. And that was my whole point of of history, but you're gonna, you're gonna know it much deeper if you've experienced it yourself and and there is no substitute for it. And that's why I think we all are getting wiser as we grow older is because yes, we've learned some from history, but we've also learned how to apply that to life and what that really looks like. And, and that experience of even applying what we know from history to our lives. But I just, I, I think that um, it is, it's paramount for us to understand that even if you go back to the history of God's people, they had to be sent somewhere. They had to be going somewhere. They had to be doing something for them to really seek after God. Anytime it was just like, okay, let's just settle. Let's just survive. Let's just hang out. Everything fell apart. And I think that's what we're seeing in the church in America is like, no one is really... I don't, I don't want to say no one, but just generally we're just like, yeah, just, just be, you know, just stop sinning and just kind of hang out. And it's like, that doesn't work. You have to be chasing something for, for any of this to really work the way that God intended. And I just think that for so many of us, when it comes to our relationship with God, 
and and um, our faith, we're just really not chasing anything. We're not really going after much. And I think that that's where a lot of us struggle and get yeah. stuck. Well, that's I think that's a good way to end it today. And uh, hopefully, what would be the a nugget of encouragement that we could leave people with? I, I really like how you ended it just about just knowing what it is that we're after and anyone who even turns this podcast on there, you're not going to turn this on. If you're not, if there isn't something in you that is seeking God or after God or, yeah. And so maybe it's as simple as that. Like, um, you know, we could, we could encourage people to just ask the Holy spirit to survey them and show them the patterns but also to show them the, the patterns of God. Yep. Um, but also like to just be after him, to yeah. seek him. Yeah, absolutely. I think spending time praying and just being like, what, what is my purpose right now? What am I chasing? And maybe Who am I supposed to don't, be? Don't, don't just be seeking comfort in where you're at. Absolutely. I think understanding that Jesus sent that's who he was. He equipped and he sent. And sometimes, actually, most of the time, he sent before they were equipped. It was like they weren't going to be equipped until they were sent. And so understand that if you have a relationship with Jesus, you should be sent to do something. I'm not talking about quitting your job and going overseas, but you should have a mission in your right. life related to your faith that is pushing you to, to deal with things, to find patterns of sin, to, to dig those things out because you understand what your mission is and that it's, it's a non-negotiable. You got to get this stuff dealt with. And don't overthink that. The mission could be to do everything that you've been doing, but to do it with joy. Yes. And to do it with hope. Yep. So absolutely. Why don't we switch things up just a tad today? Do you want to close us in prayer? Absolutely. Yes. Lord, I just thank you that you are a God that sends us. I thank you that you are a God that um, doesn't just tell us what not to do, but you give us a place to go. You give us something to to chase and pursue. And so, God, I just pray for anyone listening. You you give them that that mission um, that they feel every morning when they wake up that they are they're going somewhere. They're they're chasing something. They're pursuing something. And God, that that is what what really gives them the energy and the motivation to look at these patterns in their life, to deal with these things, to, to let whatever needs to be dealt with shown to them, Lord, because they know the importance and the glory of what they're being sent to do. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.